Last Saturday, Trish went to Walmart and she texted me, said, they got this great deal on some steaks. Do you want me to bring them home? I mean, it was like, you couldn't pass this deal up. I said, yeah, bring them home. She said, you can grill them tonight? Like, yeah, of course I'll grill them tonight. So she gets the steaks home. They were beautiful. It was like a couple of ribeyes, big old, big old uh, sirloin or sirloins and ribeyes. And anyway, uh, I left them out, you know, let them get to room temperature, which is always a good idea before you grill them. And, Put, covered him in oil, put some salt and pepper on him, got the grill fired up, turned the temperature down just as it was time to put them on. I did everything right. I got those really nice grill marks, left them on for a few minutes, turned them so they, you know, they crossed, the grill marks looked great, flipped them at the right time, and, and it made the marks on the other side, used my thermometer and checked the temperature. They were absolutely perfect. You would have hated them, Ronnie, because, you know, they... They were still a little red on the inside. Brought them in and those steaks were perfect. Let them rest for five minutes before we ate them. Put a little bit of that finishing salt on top. and Oh, they were delicious. We ate and ate. And you know, we get done and there was one steak left over. A whole steak that the four of us didn't even bother touching. You know what I was thinking? Steak sandwich for lunch on Sunday. That's going to be my lunch. I'm going to carve it up. I'm going to grill some onions. I'm going to get some nice cheese and make a nice toasty steak sandwich for my lunch. And then that night, Connor got in the refrigerator before bedtime and he ate the entire thing and then went to bed. No steak sandwich for for daddy for the next day, that's, that's probably fine. But that's Connor's routine. Not always a steak, but always a snack and then off to bed. You've probably got your bedtime routine. Bedtime routine's a little difficult for us, but there's definitely a routine to it, for Connor especially. He gets his meds, gets his medication, then he gets his snack, and then he gets encouraged to lay down. Some time ago we found a recording on YouTube that we're able to put on the TV and it is six hours of light piano music. And so we, some nights we put that on and it just plays this very nice little light piano music all, all you know, for, for six or eight hours, however long it goes. And hopefully that lulls him to sleep. Hopefully it keeps him asleep. Your routine probably looks different than Connor's. I have a bedtime routine and I guarantee you mine is very different also but you know we all know how important sleep is and we all know that there are those nights when sleep is just fleeting you're not going to be sleeping very well and so we do our best through a routine to ensure that we're going to get the best sleep possible and yet i think every one of us would confess there are those nights there are those nights when you go to bed exhausted I mean, you are just ready to go to bed, and as soon as you hit the, as soon as your head hits the pillow, boom, your brain turns on. You got those nights, and all of a sudden you're thinking, "Did I pay the electric bill yet? Did uh, what happens? When, when am I going to have time to fix this? When am I going to have time to fix that? What if this this beautiful gentle rain that I'm listening to right now that's trying to lull me to sleep? What if the sump pump doesn't work tonight?" I mean, you've, you've had those nights, right? Where you just wonder, and, and you lay there, and I'm exhausted, I'm tired, but as soon as I lay my head down, my brain kicks on, I'm laying there going, shut up, brain, shut up, brain. We've only got a few hours of this, and we love this time. And then finally, after laying there and stewing for a while, I think, well, maybe, maybe I ought to pray. <laughs> Sometimes it takes a while, and 
And so I find myself praying, Lord, there's a lot going on and I'm not sure that I, can, I can't get any of it done right now. So just give me your peace. <laughs> Please give me your peace and let me sleep. That's why we say our bedtime prayers. That's something we even see in the Bible and that's what we're looking at today. Psalm 4 is a bedtime prayer. It's an evening hymn. Psalm 4, you find it on page 448, that first page of the Psalms. There in those blue Bibles in front of you, you can follow along also if you have the, the Bible app on your phone or some other device, the, the notes are all there. Psalm 4, it's a bedtime prayer. It's, a, it's an evening hymn. You get that sense when you look at the last verse of Psalm 4, verse 8. In peace will I both lie down and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. You've got your bedtime routine, just like Connor does. Yours probably does not involve eating a steak at 10 o'clock at night. Maybe it does. Who am I to judge? Maybe, maybe you were brought up to say your prayers before bed. And I'm guessing there are nights when sleep just seems elusive to you. Now, I'm not telling you that this psalm fixes that. I'm not telling you that this psalm is some kind of magic incantation that will give you that night's sleep. But what it does do is it centers our thoughts, those thoughts that sometimes get so random at night and so anxious. It centers our thoughts on God's care and it helps us to lay those anxieties in His hands and it teaches us that in our walk with God, He can provide a place. He brings us to a place where we can sleep without fear. Psalm 4, to the choir master, with stringed instruments, a psalm of David. Answer me when I call, O God of my righteousness. You have given me relief when I was in distress. Be gracious to me and hear my prayer. O men, how long shall my honor be turned to shame? How long will you love vain words and seek after lies? But know that the Lord has set apart the godly for Himself. The Lord hears when I call to Him. Be angry and do not sin. Ponder in your own hearts on your beds and be silent. Offer right sacrifices and put your trust in the Lord. There are many who will say, who will show us some good? Lift up the light of Your face upon us, O Lord. You have put more joy in my heart than they have when their grain and wine abound. In peace, I will both lie down and sleep. For You alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. It amazes me as I read this psalm and I stop and realize that millions of people have prayed this psalm before bed. Millions of people over thousands of years have prayed this psalm before bed. And as we read through it, as we pray through it, David encourages us in the evening to stop and review our day. Stop and review and ask the question, did I honor God today? I still remember my freshman year in college at Lincoln Christian College at that time. 
My freshman year, I, I had the privilege of having Professor Mills as one of my professors. Charles Mills had been one of the founders of the school. He's there from the very beginning. He was still teaching and was teaching one of my classes. And uh, several times, Doc, uh, Professor Mills would tell us about his nightly routine. He had a routine where every night as he went to bed, he worked through a review of the day before and, and what he had done. He'd, think through his day, pray through his day, think about what he had done, think about what he had left undone, think about the things he had said and what he didn't say, what he should have said, what he maybe shouldn't have said. And very often as a result of that review every night, he would come to class the next morning, sometimes with a correction, shouldn't have said this, I got this wrong, or sometimes with a continuation, I told you this, but I also should have told you something else. But that practice that he had of reviewing his day before bed, that is exactly what David is doing here in Psalm 4 with his bedtime prayer. And it seems evident that in this psalm, just like in the previous one we looked at last week, Psalm 3, David's in trouble. He's facing opposition. He's facing struggles. He tells us that people are lying about him that they're rising up against him and his response is to pray. Verses two and three. Oh men, how long will my honor be turned to shame? How long will you love vain words and seek after lies? But know that the Lord has set apart the godly for himself. The Lord hears when I call to him. It's David's reminder to himself that he is living by a different standard. Not a standard of lies and suspicion. Not a standard of this world. He says, know that the Lord has set apart. David is saying, I cannot allow the world standard to be my standard. And while others may use words and have no accounting for those words, uh, they may use words, they may misuse words today, David says, I must give an account for what I say. And in verse 4, he says, be angry and do not sin. Ponder in your own hearts, on your beds, and be silent. That should, sound, that should sound familiar to some of us who are reading through Brant Hansen's book, Unoffendable, right now. As we began the book this week, as we discussed the first four chapters, we came across Ephesians chapter 4. Paul's words in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 26 and 27. Paul is actually quoting this verse from Psalm 4. Ephesians 4, 26 and 27, Paul writes, Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. You hear that, right? Right before bedtime. Don't let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity for the devil. There is danger when your anger goes unchecked. There is danger when your anger goes unexamined because if you don't check it, if you don't examine it, it festers and it grows and you may be a little angry before bed and when you wake up you may be a lot angry about other things because it compounds itself david uh, overnight overnight it begins to fill your heart david says deal with your anger before bedtime ponder it on your bed and be silent you hear that ponder your anger and be silent no rationalization no excuses No, yeah, but he shouldn't have said that to me. Yeah, yeah, but they shouldn't have done that. No rationalization. I I deserve to be angry about this. No, 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 none of that. Do not allow anger to infect you because it will come out in horrible and destructive ways. 
when we got together Tuesday night to discuss unoffendable, we got to talking about the place of anger because that's a big part of what this book is about. And I made a statement as we were discussing things. I said, you know, the thing about anger is anger is a secondary emotion. It's not deep. It doesn't lie deep in your heart. Anger is a secondary emotion. And very often, anger is there when you hear anger from someone else. And honestly, when you hear anger from yourself, it's there to cover something up. It's there to hide something that's down, down deeper. And more often than not, what anger is hiding is fear. Anger ends up hiding fear. You see, I can't tell you that I'm scared. I can't tell you that I'm weak. I can't tell you that I'm vulnerable. So instead, I'm going to be angry. I'm going to bare my teeth. And I'm going to show you just how, if I'm angry enough, I'll keep you at a distance and you won't be able to see that I'm really afraid that I'm weak and that, that, that I'm carrying this. I'll tell you, when, when you hear anger from someone, when, some, when you hear anger, listen for fear. Whether that's someone who's angry with you, whether that's someone who's angry about some situation, whether that's the anger that's coming from yourself, when you hear anger, listen for fear. I, I throw that out there. I, we, we put that front of anger up so that you can't see that I'm afraid, so that you can't see I'm afraid of losing my way. So you can't see that I'm, away, I'm afraid of losing my faith or, or losing something that's important to me, losing someone that's important to me. You can't see that I'm afraid of, of, of losing my family, losing my friends, losing my hope. Paul says unresolved anger gives the devil a way in. David says ponder it on your own heart. Brant Hansen in Unoffendable, he says, yes, we will get angry. That happens. We are human. But then we have to get rid of it. How do we get rid of it? The example from David in Psalm 4, the call from Paul there in Ephesians is for us to repent and to put our trust in God. This prayer of David's, this bedtime prayer the, the ancient term for this practice of bedtime prayer, we call it the prayer of examen. Examen, E-X-A-M-E-N. Ignatius of Loyola, some of you would be familiar with that name. Ignatius of Loyola, he taught this. And this was his nightly routine, the prayer of examen. Examen is a, is a Latin word, E-X-A-M-E-N. Uh, examen is a Latin word, and in Latin it means examine. You probably didn't see that coming, did you? you know? Yeah, it means examine in Latin. And it's all about examining the day before. As you lay in bed, just as Paul tells us with our anger, you, you examine where God took you. You examine what you did, what you didn't do. And just as Paul tells us with our anger, we put that away in the prayer of examine. We, we deal with those things. Examine in Latin does have another meaning though. And the other meaning is it means to balance or to weigh something. Have you weighed your anger lately? Have you weighed your anger? Have you weighed your successes, your failures? Have you weighed what you said, what you didn't say, what you left undone? You see, it's not enough to say, well, I shouldn't have gotten angry. I shouldn't have let that bother me. 
David continues from, from verse 4 to verse 5. Be angry and do not sin. Ponder it in your own hearts on your beds and be silent. And you notice that word there after verse 4. Selah. Some of you call it Selah, of course. But you notice that word, as I said last week, we don't know what it means, but the best guess is it means take a pause, take a breath, wait, go slow, maybe even repeat this part. And so we take that pause before we get to verse 5, and then David writes, offer right sacrifices and put your trust in the Lord. Offer right sacrifices. Not the right stuff, but to offer a sacrifice with the right heart. With the right heart. In contrast with anger. In contrast with sin. After pondering it in our hearts, we offer right sacrifices. We take our eyes off of ourselves. We put our attention fully and completely on God and on knowing Him and trusting His way for us because obviously our way has taken us nowhere because we're laying in bed thinking about what made us angry over the course of the day. If I could be very transparent with you for a moment, yeah, I think about those nights when I can't sleep. Think about those nights that I lay in bed and, and I just can't sleep. And usually I realize that I can't sleep because my heart's not right that night. Because something's just not right in my heart. Sometimes I can't sleep because I've, I've let someone offend me. They've said something that's bothered me and it has gotten under my skin. And I, I'm just not letting go of it like I should have. Other times I'm, I find I can't sleep because... I'm afraid I've said something that offended someone else. I've said something unkind, or I might have said something this. I, hadn't, I, I wasn't careful with the way I said something, and I'm afraid that I've hurt someone else or said something I shouldn't have. And, and it's frustrating because I realize it is my pride, it is my pride that is causing me to lay there and stew about this. Because I would rather, in my pride, lay there and stew about it and think about it and lose sleep than suck it up, let go of my pride, and go make it right. And go settle things. I confess that to you, but I'm confessing it because I have a feeling it's not just me. Maybe some of us, the rest of us, do that as well. There can be a lot of reasons why we lose sleep at night, especially as we get older. Sometimes you got things you got to get up in the middle of the night and do, right? You know, and but sometimes it's a matter of chemistry, you know, it's brain chemistry, it's body chemistry. Sometimes we have medication that causes us to lose sleep. Sometimes we have disorders that cause us to lose sleep. But we would have to confess that a lot of times it's stress. And a lot of that stress is stress that we just put on ourselves because we don't deal with it. We don't take it off. And when we feel shame over what we've done or what we haven't done, that just compounds that stress. Listen again to David's prayer in verse 5. Offer right sacrifices and put your trust in the Lord. No matter what it is that keeps you from sleep, whatever it is that you're holding on to, God calls you to come near. He loves you. He forgives you. Put your trust in Him and make up your mind to hold on to His presence. And so as we pray David's nighttime prayer, we are then led to resolve. To resolve to find our joy in what God supplies us. 
David has approached God in his nightly prayer. Verse 1, he approaches and he says to God, Answer me when I pray to you. He has given attention to reviewing his day. Verse 4, be angry and do not sin. Ponder this on your heart. And then in verse 5, he has repented. He has made right sacrifices. He has put his trust in God. And he's left. what he's left with is the resolve to continue to go on with God's help, with God's grace. Verses 6 and 7, there are many who say, who will show us some good? Lift up the light of your face upon us, O Lord. You have put more joy in my heart than they have when their grain and wine abound. I love verse 7. I love that. You have put more joy in my heart than they have when their grain and wine abound. I tell you, boy, if the standard of happiness is donuts and beer, God, you, you, have raised the, you have raised the standard. You have gone way beyond. If the standard is grain and wine, stuff that's going to make me happy and feel good, God, you have raised the standard. You have gone far beyond what the standard was. You look at how far David has journeyed. Look at how far his heart has journeyed. Verse 2, people were against him. Verse 4, his heart is full of anger. But here in verse 7, you have put more joy in my heart. You think he's sleeping better by verse 7? You think he's got more peace by verse 7? Make sure you hear the question in verse 6 though. David may have gone from anger to joy, but it's David's reminder that it's not about us. It's not about him. It's about God. There are many who say, who will show us some good? Show us some good. And David said, it's, it's not about me. It's not about what I can show you. Don't, don't look here if you're looking for good. Don't look here. Look to the Lord. Look to the one who met me even in my failure, even in my anxiety. When my anger had blocked me off from everyone else, God heard me. Everything in this psalm turns our attention to God's care for us. So that in those long sleepless nights when it's our anxieties and our worries that are weighing us down, those nights when your brain just won't shut off, the psalm reminds us that when you trust in the Lord, you can sleep in peace. That final verse says it all. Verse 8, In peace I will both lie down and sleep. For you alone, Lord, make me dwell in safety. I think it sounds a little familiar when you really stop and hear verse 8. In peace I will both lie down and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. I can't help but hear one of our other favorite psalms in this one. It sounds a little like Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in peace and safety. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Verse 4 of Psalm 23, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. This, song, this verse, verse 8, you make me dwell in safety. That's your shepherd doing that for you. That's Jesus. I bet you have those nights, those long nights when all you want is that assurance. That assurance that Jesus is there, that you can trust in His presence, you can trust Him, that you can know His joy through the night, you can know His peace. Nights after, when after tossing and turning, nights when after a day spent worrying and wondering, you finally have that time to yourself and you start thinking, what am I going to do? Maybe I should pray. 
So for those nights, we've got something for you today. We've got a little card. And this little card just has that prayer of examen, first given to us by Ignatius of Loyola, but very much reflecting what David has written here in Psalm 4. It's got the little knight of examen. Now, this is a tiny card. I made some bigger ones too, because some of us need a little help, need a little bigger print. But that nightly examen prayer, there's five parts to it. It all starts with an R. First one is relish. Begin your prayer relishing and resting in the presence of God. Be attentive to your need of, for peace. Review the day. I carefully look back on the day I've just completed being guided by the Holy Spirit. Ponder it in your heart, David says. Repent and trust. I face up to what is wrong in my life and in me, and I ask for forgiveness. And then there's request. Ask the Lord for His mercy and assistance for help in anything, small or large. And then resolve. Resolve to seek God's joy. With God's help and grace, I resolve to live for Him tomorrow, seeking His joy in my life. You can keep this in your Bible. You can keep it on your bedside table. Just something to go through and remind yourself those prayers. Remind yourself to turn those worries and those angers over to Jesus and find your joy in Him. Again and again in Psalm 4, David tells us how the world has turned against him. He's known distress. He has accusers. But God has never left his side. Every week we come back to the Lord's table. And sometimes we come back after troubles, after troubling weeks. We come back after some hurts. We maybe come back to the table with some wounds that we didn't have the week before. But we center ourselves on the presence of Jesus found here and here and here and here. Knowing that He welcomes us. He welcomes us even with our wounds, with our shame and with our pain. And trusting that just as He is present here, He will be present with us tonight. And in peace, we can lie down and we can sleep. Because Jesus makes us dwell in safety. Let me pray. We're going to sing a song and we'll take together. <laughs> Father, we praise You. We thank You for Your love. We thank You that tonight, as we lay ourselves down to sleep, we won't be alone. That You will be there. And Lord, as we hear Your call through this psalm to center our thoughts, to center our hearts, to center our minds on You, we come again to turn our attention to what Jesus has done for us. Or so many of those wounds that we carry, so much of that stress that we carry, we can just lay that at the foot of the cross. And so today, we remind ourselves of that call. As we take the bread, as we take the cup, as we're mindful of what Christ has done for us, let us also be mindful of the peace that we can know in those long nights, of the peace that we can share with our friends who are suffering, who are hurting, and the peace that passes all understanding. Bless this bread. Bless this cup. Bless this time together as we give you our hearts today, as we prepare to give you our hearts tonight. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.